We are two games into the Global Jam in Canada, and Kentucky basketball looks way ahead of schedule. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's victory over Canada in the Global Jam, 92-69 to or 93 269, depending on where you look. Uh, I'm not quite sure where that extra point went, but we're going to stick with 92 to 69 because that's what I believe I saw at the end of the broadcast. Going to talk about what we like, some of the negatives, going to take away uh, overall what we think about the Wildcats moving forward. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube, first of all, thank you so much for subscribing to the channel. We had a huge boost in subs the other day after, I believe, the first recap of the Global Jam game. So if you're new to the channel, really appreciate you hopping on. If, you're, if you've been a longtime subscriber, I really appreciate you sticking around here on the show. And if you've been listening to the podcast since day one, I cannot thank you enough for sticking around with me. All of you guys are very much so appreciated. Would appreciate everybody that has not subscribed on the podcast feed or the YouTube channel to subscribe to the show. Trying to get to 5K subs before the beginning of the season. And boys, I think we're going to do it. So I appreciate everybody that has joined the ride. Kentucky beat the snot out of Canada in the global jam props to Canada. Again, it's just another, alongside Germany, another very impressive professional team, but the Wildcats got the best of them this time. Kentucky's offense was firing on all cylinders, even more so uh, than it was against Germany. We're going to talk about the offense in a little bit, but I want to kind of go through three things uh, here and then three more things, uh, You know, some things I liked, some things I didn't like. To start it off, I want to reiterate what I said at the very beginning of the show. Kentucky, with 10 practices underneath their belt, with some players that didn't even really get a chance to practice all the way with some of these guys, with all of these freshmen having come in, never played with each other before in a setting like this, for them to have such little experience in chemistry to put on a performance like they have two games in a row has been nothing short of genuinely Impressive. Wildcats absolutely dominated in a lot of different ways. Tonight, I am recording this right after this game ended. I'm very impressed with the way that Kentucky is is handling themselves right now. On top of this, they're doing this on the offensive end of the floor without their two big men, without their two potential centers, Aaron Bradshaw and Uganda Nienzo. Kentucky looks way, 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 way ahead of schedule And I am genuinely surprised at the lack of turnovers. I'm genuinely surprised at the chemistry between these guys. Something that Trey Mitchell said post-game yesterday is the fact that he is so shocked at how willing this team is to distribute the basketball to each other. I mean, it's 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 good basketball. It's great basketball. We we can talk about the spacing and stuff in a second because I've got another shot shot chart uh, to show you guys. Man, the Wildcats look ahead of schedule. And I'm very excited to see where they go. I want to reiterate... Kentucky's going to play Africa on Saturday. 
They could lose that game. It's not the end of the world. The fact that they won this game so handily, I think, is a pleasant surprise. But let's let's not freak out here. Let's be let's let's be serious. The Wildcats look way ahead of schedule, but once they get to actually play some college teams, that's when it's truly going to matter. Some of the things that mattered that I took away from this game. Let's start here with Reed Shepard. So I did a re- recent episode uh, on Shepard, uh, almost entirely on Reed Shepard and what he was going to be for this team because I, re- I identified the fact that he was not just going to be a shooter off the bench. Uh, according to what we've seen and heard out of practice, he has been doing a lot of different things for the Wildcats. And I said, you're going to want to keep an eye on him because he's probably going to get a lot more minutes than people expect him to this season. We mentioned some people have been projecting the lineups in the rotation, saying that he's the ninth, maybe 10th man in this rotation. And I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be smart here because genuinely a lot of us don't know. This is a learning period for all a lot of us fans to kind of figure out, okay, how things potentially are going to look. And obviously the lineups we see here in the Global Jam are I don't think are going to be truly reflective of what we see this this fall, especially considering, like I mentioned earlier, Onyenzo Bradshaw out. But Reed Shepard in 25 and a half minutes of game action today. 14 points on five of eight shooting. He was two of four from outside the arc. He hit two of his three free throws. He had two rebounds, four assists, only two turnovers, four steals, and two blocks. If you did not see the highlights at the end of the first half, I would highly encourage you to go check Twitter, go check Instagram, look at what Reed Shepard was doing on the defensive end of the floor for what is going to be, at the end of the day, a backup combo guard for the Wildcats. He was playing some hard defense, anticipating passing lanes. There was one sequence, I believe it might have been at late in the first half or early in the second, where he knocks down a mid-range jumper. Uh, they come down the floor. They try to get the ball uh, on the on the right side. Reed deflects the pass. He gets the steal. He's working his way up in transition, and he threads the needle in between two guys in the paint for a really nice pass and finish on the inside. I can't remember who finished it. I don't remember if it was Thierro or if it was Mitchell, but I, I, either way, just beautiful basketball all around from Reed Shepard. We made an episode talking about how underrated he is. You need to keep an eye on Reed Shepard for what he could be this upcoming season. I saw somebody out there tweet out or <laughs> put a screenshot out there of how they're like, I'm so ready for this tweet. Uh, to pop this off in January or whatever, and it's just in all caps, why isn't Cal playing Reed Shepard more? I really do hope that's not the case, and and I believe, I believe that this year's team is going to have a lengthier rotation than years past. I think primarily because of how talented the backcourt is, because you have a plethora of players that can uh, slot in at the one or the two, and I think Kentucky's going to have to play these guys because of how good they are. I'm not saying we're running a platoon, Nobody, nobody freak out. But I, I think that Kentucky is going to give guys like Reed Shepard a genuine opportunity. I think he's going to get 15 to 20 to 25 minutes a game. I truly do believe that. Reed Shepard, underrated. You're getting to see it here in the Global Jam. I understand, again, that these games are not representative of what these rotations are going to look like this fall. But I am confident that Reed Shepard is going to be a mainstay in Kentucky basketball's rotation this season. So that's the first thing I wanted to take away here. Second thing, let's go to a negative. Defense has not been good. And I understand that some of you out there are focusing really hard on statistics. Like the other day, I made a comment about how Kentucky really struggled to guard the three-point line. And somebody said, well, they held Germany to shooting, I think, at the end of the day, 31%. At one point, Germany was shooting 50% plus, I believe, halfway through the game. They really cooled off in the second half. Credit to Kentucky's defensive adjustments there. But I said this before we went into the Global Jam, and I want to reiterate it here. 
I'm not so focused on percentages or points or numbers in this tournament and this little round robin thing we've got going in the Global Jam. I'm more focused on how Kentucky is actually executing when it comes to plays, creating an isolation, getting the looks they want, shot selection, team defense, protecting the rim. I'm not necessarily looking for a number because how many times against Germany did Kentucky lose their defensive assignment and Germany ended up missing the shot? It happened quite a few times, especially late, and Kentucky was able to hold on and kind of pull away even at the end of the game because Germany wasn't able to hit as many threes as they were in the first half. Teams get cold, it happens, but at the same time, Kentucky's perimeter defense was not good. 31%, great. Germany missed some shots to take the percentage down late. I'm not as focused as uh, on the percentage as I am on how did Kentucky communicate to each other? How did they actually guard different guys, ball faking and kicking it out and rotating the ball around the perimeter? How did they actually play defense? That's what I was more concerned about, and I think Cal would agree. It's something that he said at the end of this game against Canada. We didn't really play a lot of defense, and then after the Canada game, he said the team has played hardly, if any, defense throughout these two games, and they held Canada to 69 points. Canada I th- was obviously a little bit more of a struggle uh, for them offensively because they weren't shooting as many threes. They weren't faking, I think, as, as much as, uh, as uh, Germany was. They also, I don't think, were playing as fast as Germany was as well. And so the, just the slower pace, the ability to, or the allowing uh, allowance of Kentucky to just kind of dictate the pace uh, however they wanted to play the, play the game. Two games in a row where Kentucky, thankfully, no, not a lot of fouls, and they've been able to just kind of push the ball when they want to, slow it down when they want to, make decisions however they want to. It, it, it's It's been great. It's been great for the, for, for the Wildcats thus far, but not a lot of defense has been played, and that's something that's going to have to change if Kentucky is going to want a shot to do something legitimate this season. You get your bigs back. You get some more time this offseason to develop, getting more practices with these guys. You've got some, uh, a non-con slate that's going to provide you plenty of opportunities to get some things right. I think Kentucky's going to be okay. I, th- I don't think they're going to be elite, but I think they're going to be okay. They're going to be able to figure some stuff out. Uh, so t- defense right now, not a major concern, but it's something that we need to keep an eye on. Third thing here, the offense looks amazing. And this is the third thing I wanted to get to here. This is this is one of the positives. So let's go ahead and pull up that shot chart here. Uh, thankfully, my computer did not uh, have a seizure whenever I tried to toss, the, toss it up this time. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the shot chart here. If you're listening on podcast, I'll do my best to describe it. So on yesterday's episode, we talked about how good the shot chart looked because Kentucky has the personnel to stop taking all these mid-range jumpers. And it's a very ineffective shot, relatively speaking, uh, to either going into the paint or stepping outside to shoot a three. And something that we were hopeful of with the addition of John Welch to the staff and with the addition of all of these guards uh, in this in this five, in this five uh, number one recruiting class in the country, all these different five-star guards, we were hopeful that Kentucky would switch to a more modern-style offense. And whenever I continue to say the words modern-style offense, it truly, I think, is reflective in the style in the type of shots Kentucky is taking. And you look can look at this uh, this shot chart. If you'll look with me on in the first and second half, Kentucky took a lot of wing threes. Uh, they didn't take as many straight away, I think, as they did in the first game against Germany. And then they took a lot of shots inside the paint and directly at the rim. I'm very, 
very, very pleased with this. What is that? One, two, three, four shots outside of the paint and inside the arc, and three of them were hit. I believe Rob Dillingham had a couple of those. I know Reeve, Reeves, uh, I think, had the other on the baseline, near the baseline. Just an incredibly tough shot uh, Some sometime late in the second half. Just a beautiful, uh, beautiful take from Reeves, who continues to hit shot after shot after shot. Uh, that just every single time he hits one, it just makes me go. It makes me go, dang! I, I'm just so impressed, so impressed with Reeves. And obviously, he's not going to be as efficient as he was tonight. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But it, it, I, overall, I, I'm very impressed, very impressed, guys, with the way that Kentucky is handling themselves on the offensive end of the floor. So shot chart, very pleased. Lots of shots inside the paint. Lots of wing threes. That's what you want statistically. Those are the shots that you're going going to want to take. And in this game. It was representative of 92 points or 93, depending on where you look. Uh, it was representative of 90-plus points the Wildcats got against Canada. So, again, I'm very pleased, very pleased outside of the defense with what Kentucky is doing throughout the Global Jam. All right, I want to get to three more things here. I want to talk about a couple of different more players, individuals that have had great games so far in the Global Jam. Before I get to those players, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends, over at eBay Motors. So for a championship team, as you may very well know as a Kentucky fan, it's all about making sure every single player is the perfect fit. We're sitting here talking about how this new personnel really fits a new modern offense, and it's allowing Kentucky to win games. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. It's a, it's a situation where you need every single part to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, you can head over to eBay Motors with the eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Maybe you won't have to go through recruiting class after recruiting class to find the right parts that fit for you. With eBay Motors, it's all simple. You can get it all the first go around. All you have to do is just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home the win when the right parts are guaranteed. You can get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices over on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Most of you will probably be listening to this on Thursday. To the Wednesday listeners, what's up? I really appreciate everybody listening and watching this wherever you are, whenever you are. I would highly encourage you guys to subscribe to the show if you have not already. Again, wherever you're listening, trying to get to 5,000 subs before the beginning of the season. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pretty confident that we're, we are going to do it. If you want to be one of the first 5K here uh, with Locked On Kentucky on YouTube. Subscribe. If you're listening on podcast, head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Even if you don't watch there, you listen to it on podcast. And if you're listening on YouTube, it would never hurt you to go over to your Spotify app, your Google app, your your Apple spot, uh, podcast app, and just hit subscribe on the feed. Leave a five-star review after you listen to a couple of shows again, because sometimes I'll go back and listen just to see how awful some of my, some of my takes sound. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding there, obviously, but because I'm, I'm so awesome. Again, kidding. So let's get to three more different things we want to talk about here about this Kentucky versus Canada game. Again, 92 to 69. Nice score there. Wildcats get it done uh, in the game two of the Global Jam round robin. Adu Thierro. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked about Adu Thierro a lot on yesterday's episode 
about how he has truly become a tank for Kentucky, and he, he looks to be a sort of glue guy for the Wildcats this upcoming season. May I present to you a Duthiero stat line in 30 minutes, almost 30 minutes of, of, of play here. 11 points on four of seven shooting. He had six rebounds, five assists, only one turnover, no steals, one block, made all of his free throws. I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole that I did yesterday. I, w- I want to kind of slow the pace down here and, and let that sink in. Adu Thiero, a former three-star guard that some people were frustrated with, has seemingly, within an offseason, churned into a completely different player. And just because he plays two games, games in the Global Jam well doesn't mean he's going to be an elite player for the Wildcats this season. But I think the fruit of his labor is starting to show. He's gained a lot of weight. He's gotten a lot more physical. And he's become a lot more aggressive. And I think he's a smarter basketball player. Watch the way that he plays the game. His timing is excellent when it comes to rebounds, decision-making, steals, time to be aggressive on the offensive end and push into players. Obviously, there was one point in the, in the early in the first half where he dropped the ball and turned it over, but just bully ball. I mean, just getting into people, getting into the paint. I like what I see out of a Duthiero as a type of glue guy, a stat stuffer, stat sheet stuffer for the Wildcats this upcoming season. Uh, again, statistically, I'm not looking at any particular number and freaking out. I'm just noticing he is doing the little things for Kentucky. And I know that that, that term is kind of cliche, but go back and watch this game. If you haven't yet and you, and you haven't taped and you're going to watch on CBS Sports Network, go and watch a Duthiero and how he operates. You're going to find yourself consistently impressed with just how well he does certain little things on the court, offensively and defensively. I'm very pleased. Another thing that I'm happy with, very pleased with Duthiero, looking like an X-Factor type of guy so far through these two games for the, of the Global Jam. And I would only expect at least most of this to carry over to the beginning of the season and throughout the season as well. I'm I'm actually really curious because Kentucky's lineups in this in this Global Jam, they've not given us an opportunity to really kind of sink our teeth into starting lineups or like what what truly does work because these two starting lineups that Kentucky has thrown out there have just been just like off the wall like not, not anything that you would have expected i think they started like three or four guards today and a duthiero was like the four uh, i think <laughs> in this lineup it's just it's just weird some of the different rotations Kentucky has had throughout this global jam and it's worked for the most for the most part everything has worked and I, I tie that back into saying I'm just very curious to see where a Duthiero lies at the beginning of the season after a few games in this non-con slate. I will be fascinated to see what Cal and the staff designate him to be if they designate him to be anything. Is he somebody that can literally just slide one through three? Is he somebody in a weird small ball lineup, even with your bigs back, is there a world where he plays the four for you because he's just so physical now? What do you do with him? He's not a three-point shooter. Let's get that very clear. He missed both of his shots today. I think I think at least one of them was ill-advised. I, 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 I didn't like the shot. But it, he's not a three-point shooter, but he's a, he's a bully. He's, he's physically imposing now. Does he play the two at different rotations? Does he primarily stick at the three, which is where he, we've seen him, I think, for the most part? Where do you where do you designate him? 
is it the small forward position? I mean, Kentucky could do that, but it's looking like he slots in at a lot of different places with a lot of different other players. I mean, it's intriguing. It's intriguing. Let me know what you think about Aduthiero in the comments below. Burks, Jordan Burks, is is the is the second last point I want to make here. And and I'm not I'm not I'm not about to go dramatic on you guys. I just want to I just want to be honest. Jordan Burks is the is the player in this rotation that I think is very clearly shown that he needs a little bit more time. Not that I'm not saying he's a bad player, not saying that he's inefficient. He's actually scored six points in this game. He's he's done his job for the most part pretty well. But in certain situations, especially on the offensive end, he gets the ball and it just feels like there's things that he could do with the basketball. He looks timid. He he looks like he he's still trying to process through things that's that are going on with his with his teammates. Kentucky came into this thing knowing they were going to play random. And Jordan Burks has been the player that I obviously, I think in rotations, has been the guy to uh, to still be the one kind of figuring out where his place is. And I think that time's going to come. Don't get me wrong. Two games in, just, I'm, I'm not writing off Jordan Burks saying, well, Jordan Burks can't play in this lineup. He can't handle the big boys. He can't handle the speed of the game. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he just simply needs some time to figure things out, and he'll get that the rest of this summer, and he'll get that heading into November. I truly do believe that. But as of right now, I'm looking to see him take the next step whenever he does get the ball in his hands, and I'll be curious to see over these final two games of the Global Jam if Kentucky draws some things up for him, because whenever they have, it's worked out. The lobs, the stuff cutting to the rim, I will be I will be excited to see Jordan Burks continue to develop, but as of right now, we're waiting on him to kind of step into the flow of what Kentucky wants to do. And again, it's been so chaotic. I understand why it's taken a little bit, especially considering he was such a late commitment with these guys. So I get it. But at the same time, we're waiting on his, or we're waiting on the moment to see it, and it will come. Final thing here, let's end on a positive note. Antonio Reeves, holy cow, my gosh, he looks amazing. Thank goodness that Kentucky got him back. <laughs> Through two games, he has proven, like, hey, guys, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get buckets. And these are not like, eh, you know what, you're getting away with some things against a team that's not very good kind of buckets. It's just like, hey, I'm going to be hitting like these really tough turnaround jumpers. I'm going to be hitting these really long threes. Um, I'm going to continue to do what I did last year and just kind of look way more comfortable and aggressive doing it this season and these two games of the Global Jam. I Again, I'll, I said it during the first game. I'll say it again. Let's read the stat line. Antonio Reeves in 29 minutes of action. 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting. 3 of 6 from 3. He had a rebound, an assist, and a steal. And uh, I believe he recorded a part of a block. I'm not quite sure what BLKR. Maybe it's a, a rebound off of a block or maybe he... It was a block slash rebound. I don't even know they counted that in, in FIBA. Anyway, a 23 points in 29 minutes on 10 of 15 shooting. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. That is incredibly efficient. And some people were saying, man, uh, last year, man, I wonder if Antonio Reeves is going to be able to adjust from life at Illinois State to the SEC. I don't really know if he can score, guys. I don't really know if he's that good of a three-point shooter. And we sat here on the show and said, yeah, there's a possibility but if he plays the role on, on the team that we expect him to, he should be all right. He's not going to be a world beater, but he should be all right. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he looks like a world beater through two games, and he's not going to be a world beater every single night for UK in November and December and January and February. But this guy will be valuable for you in March. I guarantee you that. I know what happened against Kansas State. That was quite literally an anomaly. You are not going to see Antonio Reeves take that many shots again and only hit one field goal. With a more mature approach to the game and better guards in situation, situations around him on the offensive end, Antonio Reeves may be your leading scorer. He could very well be your leading scorer this team, uh, of this team this year. I can see him averaging 17 to 18 a game and just letting it ride. First team all SEC, I can very much so see that. And again, it's not because of the statistics that we're seeing. It's because of the decision-making, and it's because of the ability to show that he can still do what he did last year. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm pleased. He could go 0 for 10 against Africa this Saturday, and I would still say the same thing. Dude's a bucket. He's going to go out there. He's not going to impress you rebounding the ball or distributing it. He's going to go out there, and, man, he's going to score. And that's what you're going to get him to do, and he's going to do it very well. I'm pleased with with uh, with uh, Antonio Reeves and how he performed in this game and how he performed yesterday. So those are the three things that I wanted to end here on. Adu Thiero, Jordan Burks, Antonio Reeves. Overall, once again, Wildcats shot almost 50% from the floor. They shot 36% from three. They shot 33s in this game. Another game where the Wildcats have very impressively uh, decided to, to spice things up from downtown. It's a really good-looking team, guys. Through two games, I am impressed. Kentucky looks way ahead of schedule. And I want to know, what are your thoughts on the Wildcats through two games here of the Global Jam? You can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, once again, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.